Profile New Hope Radio is our program. I'm Dave Therrien. Our series is Sailing Through Storms. And our topic today, how storms can add value to your life. Did you ever think of that? Did you ever think of how storms can have a positive aspect and they can actually improve your life? Wow. We're going to see how that works today. Yes, we are. Sailing through storms, it's not something the average person can do. But it can be a reality for anyone who wants to learn to do it. And I think we need to learn to do it. You know why? The storms are real. Oh, yeah. Storms come. It's not if they come, it's when they come. And we need to be prepared and equipped on how to sail through those storms. That's why I bring you this series, a good series about handling the difficult aspects of life. Here's what we've seen so far. Sailing through storms involves understanding the work of storms, the work that they do in our lives. We talked about that. We learn how to stay steady in the storm. Remember that? Oh, if you don't remember, go back and listen. Staying steady in the storm. Last time we're together, we talked about the rudder, not the steering mechanism on the ship, but the book, R-U-T-T-E-R. And we learned about studying up on dangerous waters. You know, what is the rudder? Well, for us, it's the heroes that have gone before us. It's the Word of God. It's everything that we can learn and be trained by to handle our own personal storms. Today, I want us to see an aspect of storms that we really, really consider. And it's true, though, how storms add value to your life. We're going to see that today. There's a man named Louis Albert Banks. He makes this observation. He said, A gentleman writing about the breaking up of old ships recently said that it is not the age alone which improves the quality of the fiber and the wood of an old vessel, but the straining and the wrenching of the vessel by the sea, the chemical action of the bilge water, and of many kinds of cargo. He said some planks and veneers made from an oak beam which had been part of a ship 80 years ago, were exhibited a few years ago at a fashionable furniture store on Broadway in New York. And it attracted much notice for the exquisite coloring and beautiful grain. Equally striking were some beams of mahogany taken from a ship which sailed the seas years ago, 60 years ago, actually, And the years and the traffic had contracted the pores and deepened the color until it looked as superb in its chromatic intensity as an antique Chinese vase. Now, you've seen those vases, right? Beautiful. And what he's saying is that he's noticed the wood from these old ships when they've been beaten and almost abused, 
how it brought out the beauty of the grain and the pores in the wood. He said one of these was made into a cabinet and has stood today as a place of honor in the drawing room of a wealthy New York family. Huh. And then he makes this closing statement. So there is a vast difference between the quality of old people who have lived flabby, self-indulgent, useless lives, and the fiber of those who have sailed all seas and carried all cargoes as the servants of God and the helpers of their fellow men. Now, were you able to get that picture? The picture of the ship, the old ship, it's a hundred years old, wooden cargo vessel, and the salts and the spray and the bilge and everything you can imagine is beating on that ship and drawing out the beauty of the planks on the ship, making them not only beautiful, but valuable, and then constructed into wonderful, expensive furniture. So he goes on and he said, not only the wrenching and the straining of life, but also something of the sweetness of the cargoes gets into the very pores and fiber of character. He's saying, we're like that ship. Not everybody. Those who live a life like that ship, a life of usefulness and a life of purpose to God, that there is a beauty that emerges from you through all of the storms that you've been through. Think about the storms. God has added value to your life. Yes, the storms have beat upon you, and you thought you were going to sink, but God always brought you through, and it's made you even more beautiful in His sight. So, keeping this in mind, most people remember the story of Job. Remember Job? He was the wealthiest man of his day. He had, oh, so much livestock, servants, wealth. He had a lot of children. He was a very healthy man. And then a terrible time struck in Job's life. He was a vessel that was going to go through a storm. And Satan came to God and said, The reason you he's happy is because you bless him. Let me take away the blessing. And let's see how happy and faithful he remains. And God says, do whatever you want, but don't kill him. And he went to work. And everything Job had, Satan destroyed. The livestock was stolen. The servants were killed. The wealth was taken away. His children died. Even his health was gone. He found himself sitting in a landfill, scraping boils off his body with a broken piece of pottery. And yet, the last chapter of his story tells us in Job chapter 42, verse 12. You know what it says when, when he came through that storm? The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. As good as it was in the beginning, after he came through the storm, it was even better. And now he had 14,000 sheep, 
6,000 camels, a 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a 1,000 female donkeys. Then he had seven sons and three daughters, ten more kids. And all the land, no women were found so fair as Job's daughters. Oh, he had beautiful daughters. And their father, Job, gave them an inheritance among their brothers. Usually just the boys got the inheritance. He gave it to everybody. All the girls got it too. And then after this, Job lived, get this now, 140 years. So Job enjoyed this new prosperity for another 140 years. And he saw his sons and his grandsons, oh, four generations. And then he died, an old man and full of days. Wow. So what I see in the life of Job is the fulfillment of, of Second Chronicles, excuse me, Second Corinthians 4.17. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. In other words, the sufferings of this life are temporary and compared to what waits for us in eternity. God is about removing the past and making all things new. That's what he does. We're going to see a beautiful principle today, and it's based in Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, where God said, The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former. And he's talking about the temple. So, though God's presence was in a building, his temple, but wait, his glory will be greater in the church. How is his glory greater in the church? Because it's in every believer in Christ. It's not in one building. It's in every believer. So again, the latter is greater than the former. We have to remember that. That God is working in our lives. The outcome is going to be better than the beginning. You've heard of Pebble Beach in California. Beautiful beach, known for its long shoreline of white surf and, of course, famous golf course. But there's something special going on there at the beach. The waves thunder and roll over the stones on the beach, day and night, day and night, ceaselessly. These stones... They're caught in the arms of the waves, and they're tossed, and they're rolled, and they're rubbed together, clashing against each other, against the rocks, and against the sand. It's like they're getting all beat up. They're stuck in this in this area where the waves just keep pounding on them, and they're rolling around. You've seen stones on the beach rolling around in the waves, right? And these things are just bashing up against each other. It's like a battle. But you know what? Tourists from all over the world, they come and they collect them, and they place them in cabinets and on mantles, and they show them off proudly for everybody to see. And you know why? Because the beating that they took softened them and polished them and drew out the colors and made them beautiful. And you know what we see? The latter 
was greater than the former. Now, if you go beyond that place a little bit, where these stones are being polished by the tumults of nature, you come to a quiet, safe place where the beach stones lay in the sun all day. They're kind of protected from the waves. They enjoy an existence of peace, sheltered. But you know what? They remain rough and devoid of beauty. Oh, they're at rest and they're at peace. There's nothing clashing against them. There's nothing rubbing up against them. They're not rolling around on the surf. They just lay there. That's it. And they're rough, and they're gray, and they're... And you know, nobody comes to pick them up. Nobody takes them home. Because they are devoid of beauty. They've never been chosen by a traveler. You know why? They've never experienced the polishing process of storms and beating waves. They've never done that. So here's the principle today. Polish comes through trouble. What are we talking about today? Is this guy crazy? Maybe. Storms can add value to your life. We don't like them. I don't like storms. I don't ask for them. I don't want them. I pray to change the weather. God changed the weather. But God has a different plan. And God uses them to polish us and bring out our inner beauty. Polish comes through trouble. The latter is greater than the former. In the words of one great poet, here's what he said. Oh, blows that smite, oh, hurts that pierce, this shrinking heart of mine. What are you but the master's tools, forming a work divine? So here's a man that realizes a lot of the hurt, a lot of the pain in his life was still brought on and used by God to do a wonderful work in his heart. I know that's tough to think. It's tough to agree with. But again, we've got to have the divine perspective. Think of a piece of driftwood. I used to, years ago, I had a hobby. I would make furniture. And I sold a few pieces. And I would find sometimes a nice piece of driftwood. And I would take that driftwood like a long board. And I would sand it and sand it and sand it and sand it. And then put varnish on it and polyurethane. And that thing would shine. Now that driftwood was abandoned. Who knows how many years it floated around in the ocean till it found its way to the beach, and then was sun-baked, and it just lay there, dead. Gray, ugly, just laying there. But then you take it, and you sand it, and you polish it. And it's like, whoa, it's beautiful. Brought out the grain. Brought out the beauty of the wood. But if it just left, if it was just left to sit there and never move, it would remain ugly and useful, useless. But because someone took it and polished it and varnished it and made it into something, someone wanted it and someone used it because it was beautiful, forming a work divine. 
That's what God is doing in us. So therefore, it's the course of things in life that make one smooth. The tumults that polish the soul. Sandpaper smooths the wood, doesn't it? Not cotton. If you want to sand down a piece of wood, make it nice and smooth, you don't go get a cotton ball and rub that thing all day. No. you got to get sandpaper. If you rub sandpaper on your skin, ah, that doesn't feel good. But you put it on the wood, and it does its job. And you start off with the real gritty stuff, and it takes off that outer layer. And then you move to the medium, and it starts to smooth it out. And then you get to the fine, and it makes it like glass. And then if you're really fussy, you get to the super fine. Yeah, the super fine sandpaper. And you just keep sanding it. And now it's like, oh, there's nothing so smooth. And it looks pretty good. But then you get the polyurethane. And you put on a coat. And you go, ah, because it soaked it in. You put on the second coat. Oh, that looks pretty good. Put on the third coat. Wow. And if you're really fussy, you put on a fourth coat. Woo! Now it's got depth, and it's beautiful. But what did it take to get there? Rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing. You got people in your life that rub you the wrong way? Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Yes, he's crazy. You know why? If you handle that situation properly, it will add value to your life. See, the question is, how do I handle people that rub me the wrong way? Well, look at Jesus. How did he do it? You know, you can rub them back. That's not going to do anything great. But you can learn to find a way to get them not to rub you the wrong way. Maybe be more patient. Maybe be more tolerant, more forgiving, more long-suffering, more forbearing. And you work on those qualities and you find out they're not so bad after all. They don't really rub me the wrong way. Not because they changed, because you changed. See what happened? That rubbing and that friction smoothed you out. It gave you a beautiful finish. That's what it did. That's what happened to the wood on the ship. They gave it a beautiful finish, and it was beautiful, and it added value to it. What happens to your soul? God will give you a beautiful finish, and now it has value. Life has more meaning. You can understand the fullness of life and the depth of life. So what do we have today? Well, let's review. Like the sun, the salt, the straining bring out the beauty of the grains in the wood on the ship, and it makes it beautiful and very, very expensive. And when they make it into furniture, you know what? It also becomes a one of a kind. Yeah, it's a one of a kind because that wood, that wood has been prepared and there's no other wood like it. And you make that into a a table or a hutch or a mantle, or something like that. And it's like, there's no other one that looks like that. 
That's an individual piece, and it's a rare, beautiful piece. And what's the outcome? The latter is greater than the former. Like the life of Job, through his season of suffering, some commentators say that season of suffering lasted nine months, and then he had 140 years after that of total blessing. So that season of suffering brought him more than he had before. Again, the latter is greater than the former. Like the temple, it held the presence of God. Oh, that temple, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful temple. And the Shekinah glory would rest in the the Holy of Holies, and the curtains, and the gold, and the workmanship. Oh, it was beautiful. But now, God resides inside each believer. And you know what? The latter is greater than the former. That temple is destroyed. But now we are the temple of God. Isn't that better? We don't go to the temple. We are the temple. The latter is greater than the former. Like the rough, sharp stones, they're softened, they're polished, they're beautified by what? The crashing of the waves. You've seen those stones on the beach, right? The wave comes in and they roll around. They click on each other. And it makes such a noise. But you look closely and, oh, they're so smooth and round. Why? Because the crashing of the waves softened the edges, polished them, made them beautiful. Every one of us have picked up a shiny stone from the beach and brought it home, even as kids, right? We'd walk on the beach and go look for little stones, little white beach stones, take them home because it was so smooth. The latter is greater than the former, right? So think about it. Let's try to put our life in there now. Let's try to put our life, the crashing, the friction, the battles, the waves breaking over us. But God is working, so the latter will be greater than the former. And you know, at the end of time, the Apostle John, you know what he said? He said in Revelation 21, Then I saw, oh, a new heaven and a new earth. Hmm. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away. And the sea was no more. And what did God do? He created a better earth and a better heaven. The heaven's the atmosphere, not God's throne. The latter is greater than the former. Now we think about us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he is a, oh, new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The latter is greater than the former. What we were before salvation, eh. What we are after salvation, beautiful. The bride of Christ, child of God. Your condition is much better after salvation than before salvation. Before salvation, we're lost. After salvation, we're found. Before salvation, we're condemned. 
after salvation, we're forgiven. The latter is greater than the former. So let's live in that. Paul said, put off the old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and it's only corrupt anyway through deceitful desires. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put on the new self. That's the one that God created in the likeness of his own son. Let's walk in newness of life. Right? Don't walk in the old ways. Walk in newness of life. Because the latter is greater than the former. So we ride the waves, right? We're a ship in a storm. And we ride out those waves. And that ship, it creaks and it howls, and it screams, and it sounds like it's going to break up. And it's like, but it makes it through. And that storm just added to the beauty of the wood. And yes, we'll go through our storm, and we're like that ship. We'll howl, and we'll creak, and we'll scream. But you know what? Stay faithful. That's okay. No one says we're going to wear a smile through the storm. I'm not saying that. You can scream all the way through it. But you're going to come out on the other side. If you stay faithful, better than you were. See, God is working. Storms can add value to our life. I don't think God would allow things if they didn't make us better. And God is shaping and molding. Because what's what's the goal? Christ-likeness. That's it. The goal of the Christian is to become like Christ. And if that means being polished with sandpaper and being rolled over by waves and being having friction with other people to smooth down our rough edges, then that's the work that God will do in our lives if we stay faithful and you come out polished and shiny and beautiful on the other side. And just like you can see the deep, grains in the wood, you will be a deeper thinking person when it's all said and done. No, not shallow thinking. Deep, introspective, reflective. That's what we need to be. We need to be thinkers. People that go through life thinking, not feeling. Let God do His work. You know what'll help? Join the Hope Club. Get a daily devotional every day in your mailbox. Go to hopecc.tv, click giving, then click e-giving, choose a fun radio. You got three bucks a week? A cup of coffee? Three bucks a week. It'll get you an email devotional Monday through Friday. And you'll help keep our radio show on the air.